0: I am Daniel Connell, and this is the Creative Sheep Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Creative Sheep Podcast the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. My name's Jared Hogue, and I'm joined with my good friend, the one and only Roman Johnson.
2: That was a beautiful introduction, Jared. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's an exciting time here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. it's Because there is, there is snow gently falling outside of our window. I know I've lied about that a couple times, <laughs> like over Christmas I said there was. Oh. Uh, but there actually is today. Yeah, we were hoping for snow uh, when we recorded it. It wasn't that you were like outright lying. It was a little
1: bit, but but there's actually snow on
2: the ground out there right now. It's very exciting, winter
1: wonderland, one might say. Yeah, I I love snow more than just about anything. Uh, I would like to go
2: sledding right now, actually. Put on some put on some nice uh, coveralls. Yeah, some coveralls, some snow boots, some snow bibs, and
1: (laughs) who wears snow bibs? (laughs) I
2: used to when I was little. Go play play outside in the snow bibs. Awesome.
1: Folks, as you know, this podcast is brought to you by creativesheep.org, the place you can go to find all of your church media needs. We license premium media for the church, so go check it out at creativesheep.org. Also, with this podcast, if you would, jump on over to Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast and hit the old subscribe
2: button. That's right. When you hit that button, you're going to make sure and not miss an episode. You're going to get all of the uh, leadership material you can handle. You better believe it. This is episode number 22
1: uh, of the Creative Sheep Podcast. So there are 21 prior episodes for you to go back in the archive and check out. We've had some amazing guests on the show. Uh, Feel free to check those out. And also, if you wouldn't mind, leave us a review. If you're liking what you're hearing, uh, liking what's coming through your eardrums, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We would sure appreciate it. And folks, let's get on with the rest of the show here uh, with today's Shameless Plug.
2: Shameless Plug. Shameless. Shameless Plug. Shameless Plug. Plug. Shame, shameless. Plug. Ladies and gentlemen, love is in the air. That's right. I, I think I see outside the window here, Cupid, a little tiny baby Cupid just floating, is fluttering his little wings. He's got to be one of the creepiest mascots for a holiday. <laughs> well, isn't he from like the Renaissance? I don't know, but he's just a naked baby <laughs> that's floating around shooting arrows at people. So bizarre. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know where that came from.
1: Anyhow, uh, today's shameless plug, uh, go to creativesheep.org. We have your Valentine's Day needs taken care of for your church. Uh, we've got a beautiful Love Interactive countdown, a great way to lead into your service. And guess what, folks? Just for you, just because we love you,
2: it's 37% off. Wow, 37% off. 37% off. Where else, where else can you get something for 37% off? probably nowhere actually <laughs> but
1: uh we have all of our Valentine's Day collection actually 37% off so stop on by
2: creativesheep.org and pick up your Valentine's Day videos
1: at 37%
2: off and that's today's shameless plug ba 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 zing shameless plug shameless plug Folks, today we've
1: got a great interview for you. Uh, A friend of mine, actually, Daniel Connell, uh, used to work uh, at Church on the Move here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, as the lighting director. Um, uh, Previously, I believe it was episode 19 or uh, 20, I'm not, I think it was episode 19, Andrew Stone was on the show, and Daniel worked very closely with Andrew. And uh, Daniel is just a freak at what he does. He falls into that same category with Andrew Stone as a freak, a beast, just a, a machine of an individual. Um, Daniel's had the the privilege of traveling the globe, uh, which he'll get into uh, in the interview, doing some amazing, amazing things. Uh, Was on staff at Church on the Move for quite a while, has done some work for Church of the Highlands, uh, Women of Faith. He actually uh, helped produce the Willow Creek 40th anniversary event in Chicago, um, a pretty impressive event that he helped pull off, um, and just is now actually a freelancer traveling around helping churches get better at their lighting design. And the things that he has to say, it's not super technical. We're talking a lot of leadership stuff here. This is, after all, the Creative Sheep podcast. And uh, he, he just has some amazing to th- things to say about the role uh, of a lighting designer um, and how Uh, less is more, and that he views himself actually as a communicator. Even though he may never set foot on stage and deliver God's Word, he views himself as a communicator and part of what's going on. And so he's got some amazing things to say, and I can't wait to to get to today's interview with Daniel Connell. Well, Daniel, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Well, um, I guess before we jump in here, for somebody that's listening that maybe hasn't heard the name Daniel Connell before— uh, just give us a little backstory. You, you just said right before the interview, you started in
0: lighting um, when you were in sixth grade. I did. I uh, you know, grew up in a neighborhood that didn't have the, the best schools, and uh, my sister was an amazing artist. My parents had found an art school for her to go to that was a magnet school in our town, still a public school, but a magnet school, and that got her into a, a better school. Luckily, siblings could also tag along and go, so the next year I got to go to this art school. The problem was I wasn't artistic a, at all. Um, so I think that was fifth grade, By sixth grade, you're required to participate somehow. So the first half of my uh, sixth grade year, they, uh, they had me try everything. I danced, I tried to sing, I tried to play an instrument, I tried to draw, I can't do any of that stuff. So when the school play comes around, which that year was Cinderella, you are required to participate. So I actually remember the, the theater director looking at me and, and literally apologizing and going, Daniel, I'm sorry, we don't have anything else for you to do. You're going to go run the lights for the show. And I thought, oh, okay, well, yeah, that sounds neat. And yeah, that was sixth grade and uh, absolutely took to it, loved it. In fact, that school uh, gifted, they, they, they tore down the theater last year, they gifted the old lighting console to me. Uh, no kidding. Yeah, so I've got that sent in my office now. But yeah, and that just kind of uh, it took off from there, did that through middle school, um, ended up in another magnet school uh, for high school because of, of, of doing lighting. And uh, we were lucky enough to have a, a lighting company there in Huntsville where I grew up. Uh, started working for them, sweeping their floors and uh, emptying trash cans when I was 15. Uh, by, you know, 16 was doing rentals and starting to do small local shows. By huh. 17 was doing regional shows with them during the summer in between classes. I uh, did a, a couple tours for them uh, during the summer right after high school. Then went freelance and did that for 10 years. Came here to the church. Worked here at uh, COTM for nine years and just recently went back freelance again. Still do a lot of stuff with COTM, uh, thankfully. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. There's the. That's
1: that's it in a very small nutshell. Yes. Right there. <laughs> uh, I, I I had no idea. I've known you for a little while now, and I, I had no idea that that it, this all started with you having to try to dance yes. and sing. And I don't mean to laugh in front of you, you but should. I feel <laughs> like it's the <laughs> I feel like it's the equivalent of me trying to do those things.
0: There. There are pictures of me somewhere in a clown costume and makeup oh, that's that, so good. that I really hope stay hidden somewhere. Forever. I was going
1: to ask if we could put those in the show notes. Absolutely. Uh, no. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: uh, so, okay, so started at 12, 13 years old, somewhere in that the arena, grow up. And, and like I said, that was a very small nutshell. So I want to unpack that just a little bit more. Uh, it, that you, okay, so you, you go through high school and then you go into the freelance world. Yes. Um, and when you go into the freelance world, you started traveling and doing mm-hmm. shows uh, out and about. So tell us some of the places you've been and some of the people that you've worked with.
0: Oh, man. Um, being from the Nashville area, you're, you're either going to work with country music or Christian music. Um, I, I opted for Christian music. Um, was that a preference? That was a preference, not for the music itself, but <laughs> for the people. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, you know, did, did a few country things here and there. Did some uh, Hank Williams, Jr., not as a designer, just as a technician. No um, kidding. Yeah, and Leonard Skinner, same thing. Wow. A few things like that, but uh, was lucky enough to to end up around a lot of the the Christian market people. Um, and so, uh, you know, acts I did were um, Michael W. Smith, Stephen Curtis Chapman, uh, Point of Grace, Jackie Velasquez, Third Day. um, Switchfoot, which uh, well, they were actually more out of the LA market. That was just kind of a lucky happenstance. I ended up doing stuff with them, but a lot of those type of of acts. I like that you
1: say it's a lucky happenstance. Yeah, like when you were working with them, it was what the height of their career, <laughs> and you're. I just, I mean, I just happened to fall into a relationship with these guys. Well,
0: yeah, you know, they, they they dared me to move out there, Ba-dum-boom. but I'm uh, But <laughs> sorry, bad 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 song <laughs> pun. Uh, um, no, uh, in, in that business, it really is all about who you know. Sure. And uh, that's how you get to your next job is, is a connection from the previous one. And uh, oddly enough, they share business management with Third Day. Oh, So wow. I just finished up doing stuff with Third Day, and the business manager for Switchfoot said, hey, we need a lighting guy. So ended up on that. But um, did a lot of uh, U.S. tour stuff, did mm-hmm. a little bit of little bit of stuff through Europe. Um, didn't do a lot of, of, of international, but uh, pretty much have been uh, everywhere in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Th- three or four times. <laughs> Um, yeah, did that for about ten years, and uh, was was sick of that just because that can that can wear on you oh, a, sure. a lot. And uh, Andrew Stone, who who you know, and probably a lot of the audience does. Uh, yeah, he, he's actually on the show. He and I worked together on the Third Day for four or five years, mm. and uh, I got a call from him at one point. I was actually out with with Switchfoot at the time. He said, "Hey, man, I, I don't know if you've you've heard, but I'm I've been working this church in Tulsa for the past year and a half, or two years." And, and I had heard that, and uh, I said, yeah, yeah, I know. And if you know Stone, and I did, knew him real well. Had, like I said, worked with him real close for four or five years. Uh, you know if he's ended up at a church somewhere, it must be a pretty awesome church. Mm-hmm. And uh, cause, you know, we had kind of heard that through the grapevine, and, uh, and, and it, it kind of struck me as, as odd first. But he said, we, uh, when he called me, he said, we need someone to design a Christmas show for us. Would you be interested in coming out? I thought, yeah. If nothing else, I wanted to see what this place is that was able to get him to get off the road and, and get a full-time job. Uh, so yeah, came out, designed uh, a Christmas show. Uh, I think that was 06, designed 2006. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. For, uh, for COTM. And then um, they asked me to design some children's conferences right after that that they were still doing. And somewhere in all that, uh, Wit just passing the hallway, happened to go, hey, man, you ought to just come out here and work. And I thought, hmm, that actually sounds like a good idea. So yeah, I think that was spring of 06. Uh, wow. Came on full time at, at, at Church on the Move and Worked there until uh, full time until spring, 2015.
1: So you're okay. So here for nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, man, you you traveled the world. You try for all intents and purposes. You did travel the world. I mean, even, I, so, Europe, Europe. Mm. You said you were all over the U.S. You traveled like crazy, um, and then this opportunity comes along. Uh, you come to church on the move you worked here for nine years you said you're back out doing some freelance stuff now um, just like we were talking about right before the podcast uh, before this interview started um, now you're back out and just wrapped up a couple of things we were talking about like Willow creek's 40th anniversary
0: yeah they brought me in to do the production design for that so uh, you know Willow Creek awesome awesome church big church they wanted to have their 40th anniversary in, in a venue that would allow them to get all of their people uh, in, in under one roof at one time yeah and that's you know that type of thing has becoming much more popular as, as churches are getting and spread out into multiple venues once or twice a year. They want to bring in everyone uh, in one venue. So we did, uh, they are going to do it at the United Center in Chicago, which where the Bulls play. Um, and you know, you know, they have a wonderful production staff there. Um, very, very capable, but uh, their main focus is, is weekend church mm-hmm. every week. So to pull off an event like this, they brought in a few outsiders, maybe in one of them, to, to help, so I did the production design for it. Um, that was that was about a week ago. Uh, but because it's the United Center, there's there's sports events almost every weekend, mm-hmm. so we had to uh, we had to start setting up at 1 a.m. for a 5 p.m. show. So that was really a big oh, focus of, of what I was brought in for was uh, putting together a, a full production design that was at the scale they wanted it to be to have a nice big event, yeah, and still get it loaded in in basically 13 hours. So, Good grief! Yeah, that was a that was a fun one. Um, so you had 13 hours because then you you still had to do some sort
1: of still rehearsal. Had to do rehearsal right?
0: So it actually took us 13 hours and 40 41 minutes. Not that I was timing it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh a little longer than we wanted but what yeah. uh, we got it show started on time it was a great event yeah. uh, felt like uh, you know I, I actually I didn't stay to watch the full event because I' had been up for 36 hours at that point Ooh. but uh watched it back and it really seemed like an amazing event for their church uh, to celebrate 40. 40 years as a ministry. So.
1: That's very cool. And then on top of that, you've done some work for Church of Highlands, you're mm-hmm. traveling, doing some speaking at conferences, um, touring with uh, the Women of Faith Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you've still got your hand in this a lot. All of this started, though, roots in, in lighting design doing lighting and lighting design. And then now it's actually starting to span out into a little bit more. But through all of this, I, one thing I thought was really interesting, if you don't mind me sharing this uh, now that I'm already sharing it, uh, <laughs> is, is uh, you said before we started here that like being out on the road, like that that was the goal. Like that's where you wanted to go was you wanted to be a lighting designer and do these big shows. Yes. Maybe not necessarily the, the travel and all of that, but kind of comes with the territory with what you wanted to do. Yeah. It's
0: the beginning of my career very much so. And I think everybody, you know, you, you, when you start now, you're young guy, you're you're aiming as high as you can go. And yeah. that was the only outlet I saw was get out, tour, do the big shows. So and then but then coming and working at Church on the Move here in Tulsa, you said
1: you're here for nine years. And now that you're gone, you've realized and not not that you've realized you probably
0: realized it while you're here is that you really developed a love for the local church. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I thought that by coming here to, to COTM, uh, I was giving up a lot of opportunity. Uh, even kind of saw it as a career ending move, but for, on a personal level, knew it was exactly where I needed to be. Um, uh, there, you know, COTM just production wise at that point was not at all, nowhere even close to what it is now, and there was no promise that it was going to be. There was no discussion that it was going to be. It, there wasn't a plan. I don't think that it was going to be. Um, but it just it developed. Um, so I got to you know from a personal standpoint, got to be around an amazing church, amazing group of people, but then still got to develop my passion that I love so much, probably to a much greater extent, extent than I ever would have if i just stayed out in the freelance world because mm-hmm. it's just a different thing where, you know, out there you're going from event to event to event. Here, you're doing, in, in some essence, the same event all year long and, mm-hmm. and in the same place, so you're getting to perfect it and hone it and hone your team and work with the same people. Um, but getting... To experience that, experience how I could take my passion and use that to help communicate the, the gospel to people that, you know, changes lives. It's not just an, an entertainment, you know, entertaining hour and a half they come watch, but actually impacts people, changes lives, changes families. Uh, that was huge, yeah. Um, you know, made it Where even now, going back out freelance, I very much want to hold on to, to that part of it and still get to do that part of it.
1: Man, that's really cool. Uh, so just so some some folks that are listening out there can really kind of get some of the heart behind who you are and what you're about with the the skill and trade that you have. Um, one thing I love that you say is, I think I read this in a blog, and then we were just talking about it just a little bit, was that you don't view what you do as like, man, I want to go put on the coolest light show every single weekend at church. like that's not your objective. We talk a little bit about kind of what, how you view your craft.
0: Sure, um, you know, our job as lighting designers, production designers, even sound engineers, video directors, whoever, is to help communicate whatever messages is, is coming from stage. Um, a, a lot of times I think when people look at production in the church, they see uh, a band on stage and so they immediately begin thinking concert. And a lot of times what concert is, is more about you know making the people on stage look big. To me, what we do is actually a lot more like theater. Um, the, you know, you think about, think about a play. Um, you know, lighting designer, production designer is gonna come along and read the script, and the script says, okay, it's daytime. Um, you know, the, the person is walking along outside and they walk inside. So there's a description of what's going on. Our job then is not to make the lighting look as cool as it possibly can. Our design is, our, our, our job at that point is to take whatever that storyline is coming from the stage and, and add to it as much as we can, support it visually. Mm. It's the same thing in the church. Um, our worship leaders are gonna get on stage and they're gonna be trying to uh, you know, communicate with the audience, evoke an emotion with the audience, bring them into something, tell them a story through a drama or whatever. You know, our, our pastors are gonna be trying to uh, you know, communicate their, their message or they may be introducing uh, props or, or dramas or whatever. Our job is to support that in such a way that, that you know, we, we add to it visually, not that we just make it cool looking.
1: Yeah. So you view it more. I love one thing you said. It's not about the, the flash and trash. It's, it's that you're, you're just here to help communicate mm-hmm. and, and enhance what's going on not distract or take away from. Absolutely. Man, I love that so much. Um, one blog I did read, um, you've got a couple of blogs out on Seeds. I do. Uh, seeds.churchonthemove.com if you want to go check it out. Um, one of them was called Less Is More. And this is, a, this is a quote I've heard for a while, but I want you to talk for just a second about why this has rang true with you. Uh, and I, I can't even pronounce this guy's name, so I'm not even going to try. Neither can I. Um, but he said, he said this, A designer knows that he's achieved perfection not when there's nothing left to add, but when there's nothing left to take away.
0: Yeah, uh, Wit, uh, Wit George here at Church of the Move uh, has used that quote several times, and I actually had to, to Google it to find out who the original person <laughs> was. So we'll just attribute it to Wit. Um, that is, is, a, is a quote that is just true to all aspects of design. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes when we, as lighting designers, we feel like our, our job is accomplished by, by doing. Mm-hmm. So from a lighting standpoint, we want to write another cue, we want to add another light, we mm-hmm. want to see things wiggle a little bit more, we want to change the colors one more time. But what we're doing lo- loses impact at that point. This is uh, one of the the best examples of this um, that I've seen is actually in graphic design, more than mm. line design. Um, there's a great movie called Art and Copy, which if people are listening and haven't seen it, I highly suggest go watch Art and Copy. Um, but it has to do with advertising, and of course, you know, av- a part of advertising, uh, a huge part of, of advertising is graphic design. Mm. And uh, there's one point in it where they're talking about the original Volkswagen a- ads, which after World War II. Volkswagen wanted to sell these these Beetles, uh, Volkswagen Beetles to, to the U.S. public, and uh, stuff from Germany wasn't real popular after World War II. So they brought in these good advertising companies, and in the movie it shows these ads, and it'll you know it'll be a big white page, with a picture of a a little picture of a Volkswagen Beetle, and then just the text "Think small," and that's it. And then if you look down at the bottom of the page, there's actually several more paragraphs of copy in in tiny tiny font. I can't tell you at all what that copy says down at the bottom. I've never gone and read it. That's just a bunch of... That totally misses me. But that little picture of the beetle and the the, the text Think Small, that sticks with me because it's simple and it's on a big white page and it's impactful. Mm. And if they had put a bunch of other stuff in there, if they had made that copy at the bottom bigger to where it filled up more of the page, that, the picture of the beetle and the Think Small text would have totally lost their impact with me. Less is more. Um, that applies to... Any aspect of the design, including lighting. Um, if I can, uh, if I can boil it down to just one cue, but that one cue supports what's coming from the stage perfectly, and I'm not cluttering it up with more chases and more effects. That one cue is going to be more impactful. You know, when we started seeds out last year, if if anyone saw it, um, with the song sinking deep. Oh my gosh, it was, <laughs> and literally, I could have done a lot of cool things lighting wise, yeah. and I would have ruined that moment if I had. We literally left the work lights on, I had some lights going a little bit behind the band and then stepped away. Um, so there's quite often times when I will program out a song and I think it looks cool and I step away from the console and I come back to it and I play the music again and I run those cues and I'm just going, I've done too much. Mm-hmm. I'm do- I've done things that that don't need to be there. So I'll start stripping that away until all that is left is the bare minimum that I can leave in and feel like I'm supporting what's going on correctly, that's when I make the biggest visual impact is when I get it to that point. And I think that's a lot of what that quote says.
1: Yeah, I love it because I've heard so many people in different fields talk about this. Gary Hornstein, for example, um, just an incredible videographer and motion graphic designer. uh, In fact, worked with you, Daniel, for for many years. Yeah, he's amazing. Who has also since moved on from Church on the Move and is out helping plan a church in Denver, Colorado right now. Uh, but he talked about this. I remember hearing him talk about this years and years ago of get everything down to the irreducible minimum and let, let's cut away all the clutter, all the fat that we're not trying to make this the, and, and jam pack this. And Andy Stanley talks about it when it comes to communicating, what's the one thing you're trying to say? Don't try to say everything about the topic. Don't try to cover everything. And what I love about it is it's like, this is just a leadership principle. It doesn't matter what field you're in. Like, just do this. Like, just reduce it down to the absolute minimum of what it is. Um, and I, I, I'm going to tag on to what you were just saying a second ago in programming those cues. And, I, and that actually, that seeds that we did Sinking Deep, uh, it was it was the one earlier this year, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Second seeds I've ever attended. And I'm, I'm sitting there, I was on the second row and when Jordan walked out on stage, I just thought, I, I, I literally thought like somebody missed something mm-hmm. because that's not the norm of how we've done things in the past, but it was just like, that moment was unbelievable. Like you, there's not a lot of times I'd say that you f- could feel God like in, the, in a moment like that, like God was in that room. Very much so, It was just yeah. like, it was the purest worship. There were no lights. I mean, it built as the song went, but it was, that was
0: unbelievable. That is a perfect example of that less is more strip it all away pr- uh, principle. And for, if anyone hasn't seen it, it's on Vimeo. I suggest you go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. If you have seen it, imagine if when Jordan walked out on stage, if I'd ran the house lights down and faded some moving lights up on him and maybe some stuff behind the band, and then, you know, the, as that first build the song did, you know, when it's still just him, but maybe the piano comes in, what if I'd started adding more of it on top of that? It would have lost so much impact. Mm. Um, taking that, and like you're saying, Stripping it all down to the exact bare minimum, uh, you will, you know, creates the, the biggest impact.
1: Yeah. And I think you touched on this just a second ago, but one thing I love, you, you wrote this in a blog was um, when it, for, you said, you actually said, for every cue I write, I ask this question is this necessary? Uh, and, and I think that's the perfect question to frame this to get you to the less is more. And are there ever times where you ask that question and you can't get a definitive answer?
0: All the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, very, very commonly, because, um, you know, is it necessary? Well, what's necessary? Sure. Is it necessary to have moving lights in a church at all? Getting super is it, philosophical Is it necessary here. to have air conditioning? You know, yeah. that, that's where you've, you've got to understand why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think it goes back to what we first started talking about of, um, you know, we are, we are using production, to help our, our worship leaders and our pastors communicate get the gospel. So with that as a backdrop, um, you know, there are some some style things. You know, you need to understand what the style of your, of your church is, uh, and you need to be so- supporting that. And um, am I right every time? No. There's times I've gone back and looked at an event and post and gone, hey, you know what, I could have done without that. And that's just part of the learning process. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... Um, You know, sometimes we do upbeat songs that usually that's a first song of a set, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to get everyone kind of engaged with the worship and, and energized a little bit. And sometimes on those, it's the hardest to go. Is this necessary? Mm. Is it necessary to to have a bunch of LEDs chasing behind the band? No, but visually it adds to things. It, it sure. helps create that energy. So that's where I think it's just so important to understand what you're trying to do as a not just from a lighting standpoint, but from a whole event standpoint.
1: Yeah, and that that's interesting. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something else at you that I read that you've said here is that you see lighting. You, sorry, you tweeted this actually. It was you see lighting ruin moments as often as you see it help one. Sometimes the right thing to do is
0: nothing. Yeah. And you know, we'll, we'll bring back up that sinking deep moment from from uh Seeds again. I think that that moment is another perfect example. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it I don't want to pick on anybody with this next statement um, but I think sometimes in our churches uh, as you know as pastors and worship leaders are making decisions on who's going to do what you see all this this uh, technology mm-hmm. and uh, you go who's who's going to help us take care of this and you find that the 16 17 18 year old kid uh, who understands how to run the, the fancy lighting console and you go oh, okay well cool're well, you're, you're running this now mm-hmm. um, you've now just put a 16 17 18 year old kid uh, in charge of pretty much the visual most visual portion of your service. Um, it's it's where I see th- those keys handed off without um, restraint, without guidance, without um, you know, someone constantly looking over their shoulder and helping direct them that I see I think I see a lot of those mistakes made. And I was one of those 16, 17 year old, old lighting designers. And at that at that age, um, I mean I, I made it look as big and crazy as I possibly could. <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't doing it in a lot of churches. <laughs> you know? um, but so that that's where, you know, and I'm not not—I'm not just picking in those kids. I've seen, you know, adult, you know, men and women behind the controls make these same mistakes. And there's been times in my career where I've made these mistakes. Um, but I, I think far too often as, as lighting people, w- like I said a minute ago, we feel like we're supposed to do something. Mm. Or, you know, we, we, we watched the the VMAs last night and saw this really cool thing in the Kanye West uh, segment. <laughs> And we're going to try that for Sunday morning church, and there's times when that's appropriate, and there's times when it's not. And uh, I think so. I, I would just, I would say that to try and avoid those times where you, you see it ruined, uh, you need to have someone that has the whole service in mind, that ultimately, mm. ultimately has the control over what's going to happen lighting wise. Um, you know, Witt and I uh, were very always very much in tune uh, with what he he wanted but it wasn't that way in the very beginning it took a lot of communication between he and I for six months to a year for me to really understand the style of what he wanted and after that you know we didn't have to, to communicate quite as much but um, you know I would say if, if you're if you're listening to this and you're, you're a worship pastor and in charge of, of your production staff or a, a executive pastor in charge of your production staff don't just expect people in those positions to understand the the design side of it. Even if you don't know anything particularly about lighting, you still know how things need to feel in your service. Um, and, and stay very engaged on that side of it until you feel like you can completely trust the people at the controls to, to get that feel uh, of the service the way you want it.
1: Trust. That's uh, that's that's the key component here, which is actually the the main topic of our conversation today. And and really, the kind of the, getting your heart out there behind all of this, and for our, our listeners to see that your heart really is to be here to be a a an enhancement to what is being said from the stage, not your own communication and overpowering and taking over what's going on, but rather to just make better what's happening from the stage, whether that's through the message, through the worship, but through a drama, like you said. Um, but as we all know, there 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 is a, a struggle, or or maybe some tension, or something that kind of lives between whether it's a lighting designer, or a production production manager, um, and then I I always describe it as the man, uh, wh- whoever the man is, uh, the person actually calling the shots, the person. Uh, so so in, in your instance, when you started here at the church, it was under Whit, um, Whitney George, the executive now executive pastor, Church on the Move. At the time, he was the arts director of the church. Um, <clears throat> It, it, just so I'm not the one saying this, is this something you've felt? You've been in the the industry now for quite some time. Are you ever the one always
0: calling the shots? You're never the one calling <laughs> all the shots. Yeah, I don't care how far in your career you get. Uh, if if you work in the production field, you will never be the one calling all the shots. There will always be a pastor. There will always be a worship leader. There will always be a production manager. There will always be a producer. Um, you know it, this isn't something specific just to the church world. Uh, when I do completely non-church, non-Christian, secular events, there's still always I like to call them the customer. Mm. There's always a customer that and that you were there to ultimately please. And learning this is something I did not learn earlier on. And if you don't listen to anything else on this podcast, listen to this. We we get caught up as as designers and lighting people um, in the technical side of what we do, I know how to run this console. I know how to run this media server. I know how to work on these lights, and we fail sometimes to learn the basic skills of things like communication. Mm. And now, as I've, I'm pretty far into my career, and I, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm you know, have been able to accomplish a good amount. As a 37 year old man, the part I'm focusing on learning now is how to communicate with those customers uh, and and just everybody that I work with in general, but especially those of communicating, you know, why. As an expert in this field, I think things should be a, a certain way. In communication, it's, it's a two-way street. So communicating to them why I feel things should be a certain way, then also listening to the words they're saying and not just doing exactly what they say, but trying to deduce what it is they really want and what they're saying and provide that for them. Man, that's really good. Um, so, really, it just boils down to relationships.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> no matter what field you're in, yes. that's exactly what it is. But so, so with
0: this though, uh, would you—is the struggle real? The struggle is real, and the struggle will always be real. Yeah, it gets realer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the larger events you do, the more real it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say that to say, you know, that I'm sure there's some people listening that uh, you know feel like. Uh, maybe their, their pastor doesn't trust them or the worship leader doesn't trust them to, to do what they need to do. And, uh, all I have to say is it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and it also gets better at the same time. It, it, you know, it, it gets, it gets to be a bigger and bigger deal. And that's why I say it's, it's our job. You know, you're never going to be able to control the way that that customer acts, responds, does. You can only control what you do. So learning earlier on to listen, learning early on to communicate clearly, um, I, I think it is huge in this nature, in this, in this area, um, Wit, uh, Wit has been amazing to work for, um, you know, or, and work with. Um, he is also very, very demanding. He's he knows what he wants, until he doesn't know what he wants, and then we just need to try different things until we figure out what he wants. Um, and that can be a challenge. Um, you know, at the same time, I, I've learned more from going through those processes than probably anything else I've ever done uh, mm. in my life. Um, but I I even remember a specific moment. Our, our event where uh, a lot of our, our style was starting to change as a church, the way we did our music, the way we looked on stage, we just remodeled our auditorium, and all these things were changing. And Whit came up to me and basically said, and he didn't say it this way, he said it much nicer, but he didn't like what I was doing with lighting anymore, and he wanted me to do something different. Well, as we talked about, I've done lighting for so long, so a lot of my identity is, is wrapped up in it, and that includes my style. And you could, we could argue over whether that's good or not, but when... When he said, I don't like the way you're doing it, it's pretty, but it's just, it's not doing what I, I want to do. I want you to try this whole different style. Well, I didn't like that other style. I didn't think it was what we should be doing. I didn't agree with it. Um, and so I had a choice at that moment. I could either say, okay, forget you. I'm going to do what I think's right. Or I could do the right thing and go, okay, well, let me see if I can figure this out. Luckily, I was smart that day. Um, that was my smart day of the week. <laughs> And uh, I actually even remember going back to my office and praying that I said, God, either you need to help me figure out how to do this that he's asking or you need to find me a different job, Uh, one of the two, because I don't, you know, it's got to be – I I didn't feel that I even knew how to get what he wanted at the time. And luckily, God answered the prayer. But it took me um, hearing what what was saying, having a good attitude about it, not going, oh, man, I think you're wrong, or or being – you know griping behind his back and and deciding oh he's just wrong he doesn't really know because he's not a lighting designer he's just a, you know he's a he started as a graphics guy so he doesn't know how to do lighting i i know what's right so i'm gonna sit over here and, and do what i think's right no it took getting the right attitude about it hearing what he was saying and it, and it wasn't an overnight process either you know i was still a professional lighting designer at that point but it probably took us a year to really hone in on what what he wanted um so I've been talking so long now I forget what started just down this road. But, yes, the struggle is real. Uh, yeah. It will always be real. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the all you can do from your side is is to try and and understand what it is that that, that customer is wanting and do the best to, to provide it. Um, you know, if you're lucky, then you just get to work with good customers. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the it's the ones where you get the bad customers that that are the the unfun ones. So,
1: but with the attitude you just talked about, even in that that uh, time with Wit, is keeping that good attitude is what kept you employed. I, I was going to say, <laughs> if attitude goes south, yeah. typically people don't keep that for very long. Yes. It will get addressed, and then, or at least, I know here it would. But with other folks, maybe it wouldn't. Uh, but the bad attitude's not going to get you anywhere. And I think the 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 more you learn to manage the struggle, as opposed to trying to solve it by I know what's best or things like that, you're going to get more to the good customers.
0: You're going to you're going to get more of the good customers. You're going to um. You know, the more you deliver, mm. um, the more credit you're going to get, the more leeway you're going to get you know, uh, like you said, Witt is now executive pastor here, but that that was about a year ago he became that. And so up until about a year ago, he's still very much creative director. Um, And I mentioned for for a year or so there, we were still very much communicating on almost a weekly basis of what he wanted to see. Mm. Well, the seven years after that, we never were, because I had established trust with him. Mm. And he knew I was going to do what I felt he would want if he was sitting there. Um, That gave me a lot more leeway to, you know, express myself through my my art, um, without being dictated to about what it needed to look like, as long as it was within the the, the lines of what we had laid out, um, much more you know, much more satisfying. Felt like I was able to have a lot more ownership uh, over what I did that way. But it was all boiled back down to d- building that trust of, yeah, I'm, I'm going to work to make it look the way you you want to have it look.
1: Yeah. And with that, let's just give a little bit of context here. With When we say good customers, and not that size necessarily is what we're after here, but like, so the event for Willow Creek. Um, Willow Creek is an enormous church Huge. up in Chicago. Um, how many people roughly were at the, do you know, at the United Center event? 22,000? 22, 22,000 people. I believe that's right. Is what you put all this together for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even Church on the Move. Um Through your time here, I mean, we see anywhere from seven to 10,000 people on the weekend. And then the Christmas events that you described, um, I mean, like this year, we're doing, I think it's, it's 11 shows uh that sounds right something like that and through that time frame it'll be somewhere in the vein of 20 to 25,000 people over the course of those 11 shows so we're not talking about small small scale stuff here i mean this is these are good sized venues um doing some pretty big things and the opportunities you've been afforded i would say a lot have to do with what you just described and keeping that attitude of i am here to serve and 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 i love what you said though too is that it's not all just the I love the prayer you said that you prayed. That you went back and it was either it was one or the other. God yeah. either find me a new job or right. help me figure this out. Yes, uh, and and he came through on helping you to figure this Thankfully out. Thankfully, so yeah. And and you sticking around for those additional seven years. Would
0: you say that has played a big role in where you are today? The the biggest. Yeah, uh, I can't yeah I can't say that enough. Um, not just from a opportunities that afforded me, but from what I learned. You mm-hmm. know, um, the the smartest moves i've probably made in my life and career uh, have been trying to stay around uh, other people who are highly qualified at what they do they may have nothing to do with lighting but you know uh whether it's andrew stone or, or wit or whoever uh you, you just get to learn so much from being around other people who are who are experts uh in mm-hmm. their area uh, so yeah absolutely oh, yeah, it was so huge good. yeah
1: So with that, like you said, with wit, you ended up you changed your attitude, and so you actually kind of beat me to the punch here of of this being a way to earn the trust. And you said it took about a year to earn that trust, but then you were only here for two years, and then the the remaining seven, Mm -hmm. you basically had his trust.
0: We we did, and you know there, there, you know, it it built a relationship Mm -hmm. to where um, it wasn't just oh free will and go out and do whatever we want now. Uh, but it built that relationship of, of um, being able to uh, check back in when appropriate, mm-hmm. um, made sure making sure we were staying in tune with, with what his vision was, um, and and for the whole event. So that, you know, we've, as we've been talking through this, uh, we've kind of hit on the, the topic several times of, you know, lighting is just there to support what is going mm-hmm. on. Stage. So what about that relationship where we were able to, pop in and out, making sure we were staying in tune with that from time to time. But then, yeah, beyond that, uh, getting to really get creative and, and do what we do.
1: Yeah. So I guess kind of to, to wrap this whole thing up here, what, let's kind of take this from two different angles. So you've got, you've got the, the, the person who's working in a craft, whether it's lighting, production, um, and those probably even go in the same boat. Uh, in, the, in the world, they've got a craft that they do, but there is someone above them. What advice would you give them, having now been in this industry for quite some time? You're doing some big stuff now um, and have been for quite some time, actually. Uh, what, what advice would you give to that person to say, hey, like, yeah, I know you feel like they don't get you. Um, they're not listening to you, but, but ultimately, like, you're here to serve them.
0: So, like, what, what advice would you give to that person? Um, deliver. If, if, uh, if you say, um, you know, if they say, I want you to accomplish this and you say, okay, I can accomplish that. But in order to do that, I'm going to need X, Y, Z. Maybe that's more people. Maybe that's more money. Maybe that's more equipment. Maybe that's more time. The absolute worst thing you can ever possibly do is to ask for that and then get it and then not deliver. Mm. Um, you know, that, that's been a, I mentioned Andrew Stone a minute ago and, you know, you, you did another podcast with him. That's where it's so great to work with him, uh, because he he this may sound bad coming out he makes us deliver as a production team. But what that what that gets us uh, as far as trust goes with leadership, whether it's Pastor George or Wit or whoever, is invaluable. Um, so number one, deliver. Number two, keep a good attitude. You know, as production people people, um, it's very easy to uh, feel unappreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you're working with someone that doesn't always come back and give you the pat on the back or the handshake or the good job, um, you might feel that that you're not valued. Don't get too caught up in that. Um, you know, not to get overly spiritual here, but uh, you know, man may not see, but God sees, and that's what matters. Um, you know, you'll you'll get the the pat on the back that that matters w- one day. Um, don't get you know too caught up in... and wanting to hear the attaboy from your pastor. Um, hopefully he does from time to time, but um, that shouldn't be why you do what you do. Um, and then lead up. Um, our, 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 our whoever you work for doesn't know your job and they don't need to know your job. There's gonna be some times when they need to know parts of your job. If, if you're asked um, to accomplish a task and you don't have, have what you need to do it, communicate to them clearly, nicely, um, respectfully, why you can't do that without, you know, X, Y, or Z. Um, and then if they say, well, you're not still not getting that, well, then you still do the best job you can. But you've done your part of explaining to them of this is what it takes to do this job. And if they do give it to you, go back to rule to number one and deliver. Because the mm-hmm. first time you don't deliver, you're losing trust. And, you know, trust that doesn't exist versus trust that has been lost is, um, it's a whole lot easier to build that trust up when, when it doesn't exist in the first place. But once you've actually lost it, it can be nearly impossible uh, to get back. Because you know if they got you those resources and you didn't you know you didn't take care of them, you didn't do right by them, you, you buried them in the ground somewhere and waited for the master to come back, then you're not going to get it back. So so deliver, have a good attitude, and lead up. Yes. Oh, that's great advice.
1: Um, and then and then let's let's flip it. And if, if you could give some advice and there's another tweet that you, you, you shot out that I'm going to, I'm going to hit here just real quick, but for the person that's on the other side, the person that we might describe as the man, you know, the guy, the guy that is calling the shots, um, what advice would you give to them in regards to someone that is a, a lighting designer, production manager, show designer, whatever the case
0: may be? Provide, uh, information, mm. provide expectations, lay out what you expect, um, Give them as much information about what's going to happen as you possibly can. Um, I love, and, and all production people will, will say that we love when we uh, know exactly what's going to happen in an event. We know when it's going to happen. We know the order it's going to happen in. Um, because that lets us plan so well on our side up front. Mm. Um, you know, any, any event you go to, that has, whether church or not, that has a very high level of production, Cirque du Soleil shows, concerts, whatever, it has a very high coordinated level of production, that's because everyone on the team knows exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and how it's going to happen, because no one is mind readers. That lets us sculpt our side of it. So that's that's A. But maybe your event isn't like that. Maybe you're a church that your most valuable component of your event is not that your lights look great, but it's that you have the the flexibility to, to turn on a dime, to change things at the last minute. It's more important for you to be able to inject a, a song where it, randomly in the service than it is to have everything perfectly coordinated. Fine, communicate that. Tell your people up front that that's what matters and then understand that, that they're gonna have to build their system on how they run lights, how they run audio, how they run video, based off that reality. But if everyone knows going into it, this is what we expect. We expect you to be able to turn on a dime as much as possible and still just do the best job you can. At least they know that. Mm-hmm. And, and then when they're if they haven't planned out uh, their whole system. They haven't done all this work. They haven't stayed late the night before getting everything completely tweaked and looking just perfect just for you to come in Sunday morning and go, ah, eh, you know what? I think I decided I want to do this song instead. Because in a lot of ways what you're saying to them at that point is you don't value what they do. And you know, you're, you're, you're taking all the work they did and go, eh, that doesn't matter. Well, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's not so important to your event that the lights are all tweaked out just nice. But communicate that up front. Let everyone know what we're doing, why we're doing it, and what the expectations are. And, uh, yeah. So, as Lee Cockrell would say, clarity. 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 Yeah.
1: <laughs> clarity is the most important thing here. And I, I, I love what you said there, in that, uh, just, just communicating up front, but even at that, and this is a mind shift I've had to go through, is like, for you, as a lighting designer, that's not a world that I live in. I, I preach. I, I do this kind of thing. I talk. Um, but, so for me, sometimes it can be easy to think, well, maybe that's, that's not as important, but this is how you're using your gifts to serve the kingdom of God, just like I'm using my g- gifts to serve the kingdom of God. It's no different. And like you said at the very beginning of the podcast, you're communicating just as much as I am. Mm-hmm. Bad lighting cues can ruin any moment They can just, just as well as it can enhance or make a moment really great. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is super important. To, to the kingdom of God. And so to just come in like you said and, and I even love this. yours was directed to, mu- to musicians in particular, but this tweet that you sent out not too long ago was uh, the last minute show changes you make because you think they help actually hurt by leaving your crew unprepare- unprepared. Stick to the plan.
0: I will I will leave um, I'll leave names out of it to protect the innocent. <laughs> but I was actually somewhere uh, one morning uh, on a weekend and watched a, a worship team do that to the production staff. And uh, it, it wasn't the situation like I would mentioned earlier where they'd expressed wanting to have that level of flexibility. They'd actually expressed wanting to have things very dialed in and their production staff had worked very hard on making that happen. And literally last minute, the rug was pulled out from underneath them. And mm. that was, and you could see the life just straight out of the face of all the people out there in the, in the booth who had worked so hard to get things ready. They felt unvalued. Um, and like I said, maybe, maybe being able to do that is what's important for your organization, your church. Maybe that level of flexibility, and some people call it flowing in spirit. Maybe, maybe you know, some people can hear from the spirit a week ahead of time in a meeting. Some of them need to be able to hear from it uh, during the service. If that's what's important, just understand the reality of what that you know, requires of your production staff and don't expect them to be able to do both.
1: And just communicate that clearly up front. That if we, we, we reserve the right to make these changes, yes. that way you don't get, you're not working with someone who's not flexible right. um, or, or rigid and, and, and is not cool with that kind of thing, that you find the type of person that you're looking for. I think that makes perfect sense. Um, well, man, Daniel, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. Uh, if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to go about it?
0: Um, I've got a website it's danielconnell.com, D A N I E L C O N N E L L.com. Uh, that has all my contact info, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Snapchat. Uh, actually, I have no idea what Snapchat is, but <laughs> I think all the kids say it. So, uh, and, and I think emails on there too. Right? Emails on there, yeah. and uh, you know, you can get me through Twitter. It's the same thing at Daniel O'Connell uh, on there. Uh, spelled the same way. Any of that is uh, definitely best. Uh, the site, by the way, it's beautiful. Thanks, man. I don't know who did it, but it's beautiful. I did it in about thirty minutes, but it's uh, wow through uh, one of those quick and easy do-it-yourself website. You did a great job with it, man. Well, I got a lot of cool pictures from the church. (laughs) (laughs) Go check it out, folks. If you need Daniel to come uh, do some consulting
1: for you, uh, speaking, that kind of thing, or or just some coaching uh, around your lighting design and production for that matter, uh, hit him up. Uh, One of the best in the biz. Make sure you uh, reach out. Again, it's danielconnell.com. Go check it out. Thanks again, Daniel. Thanks for having me. folks, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And hey, if you enjoyed what you heard today, not what you heard today, uh, but what you heard today, if you would jump over to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, hit subscribe, leave a review. We would love to be able to get into more in front of more leaders like yourself. And one of the best ways we can do that is with reviews um, and and more subscribers. So if you would help us out there, share it on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Hey,
2: Jared, speaking of social media. Tell me more. uh, We have got accounts on all of those that you were just mentioning. We're talking about Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're out there as creative underscore sheep. You better believe it. So if you want to uh, continue the conversation, if you want to hit us up, feel free to uh, follow us, like us um we'll follow you back you know it's an easy it's an easy way to get a follower you better believe it if nothing else
1: hey thanks thanks to everybody out there in the creative sheep crew we love you
2: we will see you next time right here on the creative sheep podcast farewell my friends